thank you. Um, so my name is Chris Britton. I'm the missional outreach director here at First Church. Uh, Pastor David is taking a personal vacation with his family. Uh, they went down to Missouri so they could be with their niece to celebrate her graduating from high school, uh, which is why I can preach in t-shirt and jeans. I mean, this is pretty awesome. Uh, don't tell him. We, can we, like, edit that out of the recording? Because uh, he's going to watch this later. Um, but I'm grateful for the privilege to come and speak with you, and I'm also grateful for Pastor David to sharing his, uh, for sharing his pulpit with me. So right now, as, as Dan mentioned, uh, we're in the middle of our sermon series on prayer. And uh, early on, we learned about the role that praise uh, plays in our prayers. Say that three times fast. The role that praise plays in our prayers. Uh, and we also learned last week about praying regardless of our circumstances, even if we don't know what to pray for. We learned that uh, we can always pray for knowledge of God's will, and that we can always pray for spiritual wisdom. So this week, we're really going to kind of take a step back and go to the basics. And we're going to touch on the Lord's Prayer a little bit. And we're going to learn what it really means to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So we see in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, uh, the disciples have come to Jesus and they've asked Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so Jesus gives them this prayer. He says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so tonight, I'd like us to focus on verse 10, the part where it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but this, this line actually really excites me. Because you know what Jesus is implying here? He's implying that heaven can be played out here on earth. It's not just something that we have to wait for after we die. But really, when you look around and you look at all the events happening in the world today, um, that, that seems kind of a far cry from the reality we're living. So there's heaven and there's all the, all the stuff that's going on. The pain, the violence, the suffering. And now some of us have actually become so hopeless that we've actually just started to wait and just say, you know what, I, I'm just ready to go to heaven. And we've just kind of given up and we're just kind of counting the days till we get to, to go to this place that we've been promised after we die. But I don't know about you, but that doesn't seem like a really fulfilling life to me. I don't want to sit around just waiting for what's next. I want to experience heaven now. But that's the exciting thing about what Jesus is telling us. He's telling us that we can, that we can bring heaven here to earth. And I'm going to tell you tonight that we all get to be a part of that. But before we move forward and really talk about what, it, what does it mean for that kingdom come, for heaven to take place here on earth, we've got to first talk about what, what does heaven really look like. Well, let's start with what heaven's not. So first of all, heaven is not a bunch of chubby babies floating around playing harps. Okay, and thankfully when Jesus is talking about uh, the kingdom of heaven coming to earth, he's not talking about an invasion of fat babies. So we're okay there. And then also when we think of heaven, we often think about the physical attributes, right? We think of the streets of gold, the gates of pearl, the big houses, the mansion, free Silver Beach pizza, Starbucks on every corner. 
while some of those things are biblical and some of those things are probably true, like the free Silver Beach pizza, um, these descriptions don't really tell us what heaven is going to be like, what it's going to feel like, what the experience will be like, except we'll always feel full from all that Silver Beach. Um, so I, for tonight, can you just set aside those preconceived notions of fat babies and free pizza and let me kind of paint a more accurate picture of what heaven's going to look like or going to feel like. So the Apostle John in, uh, was given a vision, and he writes about this vision in Revelation 21.4. And he's describing kind of the, the feeling and the experience of heaven. So in Revelation 21.4 it says, He, referring to Jesus, will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So according to John, we see that heaven is just the opposite of what's happening in the world today. In heaven, there is no mourning. Now just stop for a second and think about all the mourning that's going on in the world right now. We've had a devastating earthquake in Nepal. There's war in the Middle East. ISIS is persecuting Christians. There's unclean water in Africa. There's a lot of mourning going on globally. But even zoom in a little bit to, to the U.S. Think about the mourning that's going on here. Think about all the mourning that's caused by human trafficking. Did you know that Atlanta, Georgia is the capital of human trafficking in the world? In our own country, a $150 billion a year industry that is abducting boys and girls, men and women, is operating here in the U.S. Think about all the mourning that's being caused by the human trafficking. Think about the mourning that's going on in Ferguson, in Baltimore, with the racial tensions. Think about the mourning that's happening in Philadelphia with the Amtrak accident. There's over a hundred families that are mourning the loss of a loved one right now. So that's some heavy stuff to deal with. But I'm here to tell you that heaven is a place where all these things, including the ones that, are just, that I just mentioned, are made right. It boils down to a place where people make the right choices, where, where there's justice, where there's grace, where there's mercy, where there's peace. And here's the exciting part. Jesus is saying that state of being, that experience, that can happen right now. It can happen here. It can happen as soon as we leave this place. Jesus is talking to his disciples in um, Matthew 13, 33. He's uh, telling them about a parable, or excuse me, he's giving them a parable about what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he tells them this. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, or yeast, that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. So I don't know how, how many of you in here, excuse me, I don't know how many of you in here bake, but yeast is a small organism that causes carbohydrates to ferment, then produces carbon dioxide as a byproduct. You didn't know you were going to get a science lesson. Uh, the carbon dioxide is a gas which then causes the dough to rise to make leavened bread, which is why the bread has pores. So it only takes a small amount of yeast to make a loaf of bread. And so according to Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, used to leaven the entire batch of dough. If we take it a step further, we say the kingdom of God that's introduced into the world, it begins to affect everything 
until it's changed to the point that it no longer looks like what it was. That dough, once it becomes bread, doesn't look like dough anymore. And it's all because of that little bit of yeast that made the, the dough rise. So the process of the kingdom of God changing people takes place on every level. At first, it starts with us. It starts with the individual. And then it, it's communal. So our community, our places where we, where we work, where we shop, where we live. And then it goes global. And it only takes a little bit. So if we go back to the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is telling his disciples to pray that the kingdom of heaven be ushered into our present reality, into our brokenness. So again, how do we do this? I mean, sure, we could just pray, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, but I think we kind of need to break that down a little bit. So first of all, we have to ask the question, how do any of our prayers get answered? So the good Sunday school answer to that question is, well, of course, God answers our prayers. And ultimately, this is true. But if we look, we actually see that God uses his people and his church to answer prayers. He works through us. So let's take a look at some examples in the Bible uh, where God used individuals to accomplish his work. Uh, and essentially, in these stories too, God not only did complete his work through these individuals, but he worked miracles through them. And nothing excites me more than my life being used for God to do a miracle through and to impact the places where I live and where I work.